what were some of the things that you experienced? Like, what were some of the challenges that you experienced in, uh, like, in, in your process of getting to that place of, like, spending quality time on a regular day to take your wife to work? I'm not a very emotional person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking. I'm like a thinker and a doer. So uh, to get to that point where now I'm spending more quality time with my wife, that was not easy. So start seeing things differently has mm -hmm. helped me to the process. episode of the work and play podcast i'm your host Arielle young and i have a really dope guest today listen we are in store for a lot because when i say the work and play podcast is for folks who are looking to self like find out who they are self-discovery transition into the career that they want to do this man has done it all and so <laughs> without further ado would you please introduce yourself hello everyone Gilbert abraham owner of agm also known as the linkedin guy I own a company that work with companies all over the world, 600 plus companies, and we've helped them leverage LinkedIn to grow their business. The biggest thing that we talked about when we first had a conversation, mm -hmm. you joined, uh, you came from Haiti yes. to be the man that you are today. Yes. So like, what was that journey like? It was, that's a good question. It was amazing. It was a lot of learning. And I can say, um, I'll share more about my story, right? So. 23 years this July, I came from Haiti with my family. None of us spoke English. Uh, we flew in to JFK airport, right? And we we're trying to figure our way around because we wanted to go to JFK and then from JFK go to Canada to see family and then come back to the US. So we, none of us understand anything, but we like, let's go for it, right? And we started walking down JFK when we landed, trying to figure out our way. And the guy at custom was like, why, why you guys are here? And they said that several times, and for some reason I'm like, well, if he's saying something, he must be asking us why we're here. <laughs> so I told him vacation. Ah. And he was like, oh, vacation. I'm like, yes. And <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, okay, we need to figure out how to speak English because that's going to be a very hard journey for us. So we kept going, trying to figure out our way, and we met a gentleman who happened to speak English and also Haitian Creole. Mm -hmm. He guided us to the airport and took us to our flight to Canada. So we flew to Canada, spent time with family, then we drove back from Canada to the US, um, and we spent time with more family, and then I ended up staying in the US. That was an amazing experience because I had a chance to see all over the United States when we drove down on a bus, we took a Greyhound bus at the time from Canada to Brooklyn and then from Brooklyn to Florida. And then I ended up staying in Florida with family and friends. Um, so yeah, that's, that was my entry to the US. That is dope. Speaking about, the, and you started with the entry mm -hmm. and I'm hearing you say like, you know, you said vacation yeah. and then you're even thinking like, okay, yeah, we're gonna have to understand English. What was your role at the time in the family? How old were you? Um, 14. Got you. So, yeah. and it sounds like you were like, at least taking a little bit of ownership of like you guys' acclimation into the states. I, I, I've always been like that my whole life. So it kind of come to I guess part of my character and personality, mm. when I'm always trying to figure out how can we do better, right? So I guess my role in the family at the time is how do we advance further, 
it still is today, right? So it's how do we always advance further? And to me, for us to advance further, we all have to learn how to speak the language. Gotcha. Because then that's our biggest barrier, right? And that's the biggest barrier that stops a lot of immigrants when they come to the States. Um, they could be super talented, but they let that barrier stop them from the greatness. And I didn't want that for us. So nice. I was fortunate to learn English in three months. And my sisters did about a couple months as well. So, <laughs> so how did you coordinate that? Because you're you're coming into a state, a, a country where systems are different, yes. right? Um, things are operating way just different than mm -hmm. I'm sure that they were in Haiti. Were Were you a big like orchestrator of like your family learning English, or how did that come? No, about? so it happens very organically actually, and I step a couple, I you know went over a couple steps mm -hmm. because what happened first is. We came to the States, we flew to Canada, spent time, flew back, spent time with family, then we drove to Florida. All of us didn't stay at the same time in Florida, right? Some of us, I stayed, and then my two sisters and my parents left. Okay. And then the next years, my two sisters came back and then stayed. So during that one year period, I spent it with family and friends, and what happened there was, okay, how do I learn English, right? Okay. One of the easiest way that I've learned English, and if anybody's listening is like, okay, I have family that doesn't speak English, I want them to learn, I watch cartoons. Ah. That's how I learn English. I watch cartoons, I had the subtitles, so everything that they say, I'm repeating it. And then I interact with kids, right? Because I had one of my little cousins that live here in Miami, and I interact with kids. Mm -hmm. Kids will teach you everything. They'll be honest with you, they'll tell you exactly what to say or if you're saying something wrong mm -hmm. and you got to be willing to learn then the other piece of that is i didn't just stay in my community i wanted to get out of my community that's the biggest um, challenges with a lot of people that came from that country they like to stay in that community stay in that comfort level mm -hmm. i didn't want to be comfortable i wanted yeah. to be uncomfortable because i said hey if i want to learn this not only i have to speak to people but i have to learn from people that actually speak the language right so I started to, I was in school, so I started to hang out, not with my fellow Haitian peers, but with peers that are Americans, just so I can learn how to speak English better. And in three months, I started getting it. You know, I wasn't perfect, I still have an accent, but over time, and continuously speaking and practicing and practicing, that helped me a whole lot. Yeah, you speak about like, you know, being able to get out of your circle. And I think that that's one of those keys to success yes. that a lot of people have struggled with learning even in their 20s and 30s. And Absolutely. here you are in your teens <laughs> with this mindset like, hey, let me get out of my community to learn English, like one yes. of the first building blocks. I'm thinking of like how you were growing up. With that mindset, did you ever stand out in any way, like among your family, among your culture? Like Always. Really? What was yeah. that like? Because um, I, I also have a big imagination. I'm mm. like a super visionary. So um, growing up, even in Haiti, I, I used to, because I draw, I paint, I do a lot of art stuff uh, on my spare times. So I was drawing and painting. I always creating stories. I'm always like, you know, always come up with the ideas. My, my siblings are great at that too, but that was one of my core skill set. Um, I'm always, I don't know, thinking in like my own little world. Mm. So in my way that helps me a lot because then I get to eliminate any negative thoughts 
right? Because I'm always in my positive mindset. So I kind of grew up that way. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever like um, experience opposition among people who were just like, no, let's just do it how we do it. Like, like you say, like a lot of times mm -hmm. when immigrants come to the culture, um, they, they figure out what's the way, like what's the yeah. American dream and then we do it. And then a lot of times I know people embody the let's lay low, let's yeah. not cause too yeah, much yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that, like, did you ever experience that yeah, opposition? Yeah, of course. Um, I went to both because you remember, like, not only when you learn English, it's okay, how do I not just stand out, but integrate with the overall culture, mm -hmm. right? How do I Americanize myself, but not to Americanize and lose my culture, mm -hmm. right? So I've always end up in that opposition sometimes where I'm like, oh, this is how we should do it. No, you should do it this way. So what happened there for me is sometimes I'm like, okay, let me step back and learn because I don't know, right? If I don't know, I know I don't know, I'm willing to learn. Or sometimes I know something is not right and then I'll state, I'm like, I don't think we should do it this way. Mm. And I'll voice my opinion. That's one thing I, I try my best to do um, with my family and outside my family. Hey, here's what I think about this. Here's how I think we should do it. And also my parents play a major role. Like my mother, she's always, since I was a kid, she always say, what are your thoughts on this? Really? Yes. You know, like how a lot of mothers were like, oh, go sit down. You're a kid. You don't know what you're talking about. Absolutely. She would ask me, what are your thoughts? And I would tell her. <laughs> Shout out to mom. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like that's a, just because getting to know you and very, mm -hmm. how calm you are, but also like the vibrations that I get, which like, you're not afraid to like come up with like new ideas and, no. and try things, but also being encouraged to do that at a very young age. Yeah. Like, mom, shout out, you know what I mean? Like, so when it came to, you said that, you know, you were art, super creative, and now I'm looking at you, the LinkedIn guy. How do we make the connection from, like, <laughs> creative soul, which you probably could have been, let's say, I don't know, like, uh, artist, right? right? Yeah. yeah. To being the LinkedIn guy. So um, I'll, I'll fast forward the story, right? So came here, uh, live here, live in different part of the country. Um, went to high school, had my first job in telemarketing okay. uh, where I had a chance to learn how to sell. So I'm 16 years old, doing cold calls, getting on the phone, 700 calls a day. And if you don't make a sale that day, you can potentially get fired. Mm. So it's a lot of pressure, but it's also allowed me to think fast on my feet and then I'm able to use my creativity. So I was, I became one of the top salesperson in that company. I got promoted to a senior sales rep. So I use my creativity, um, not just in art, but also in communication, yeah. right? In coming up with ideas to help people. So mm. I was selling at the time when I was 16, voice over IP for Comcast. <laughs> so, voice over IP. Yeah. That's like when you call AT&T and that's the exactly. first Exactly. Okay. So back in the days, back in like 2003, 2002, um, voice over IP was a big deal because, and then you have um, digital cable and internet services. So what we used to do in the telemarketing company, we used to cold call people and ask them if they want to buy our Comcast services. And a lot of people will hang up the phone on you. So you had to be creative to get them on the phone mm -hmm. and you had to be creative enough to convince them to buy. Right. <laughs> I cannot stand when you start with like any type of pitch. I'm like, uh, I don't have time exactly. For this so that's why you wouldn't do it that yeah. way. Although they give you a script, they still give you that balance where you can be as creative as you want. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll call. I say, Hey, what's going on today? Do you have a couple seconds to chat? And 
I'll lead the conversation with questions. So that skill set has helped me a whole lot throughout the year. And fast forward to that, I graduated, went to college, went to the first HBCU. Shout out to Cheney University. And Wait, where's Cheney University? It's right outside Philadelphia in PA. Oh. It's the first black college in America. But what made you choose an HBCU? Oh, wow. I love how you, I love your question. This is good. Um, so when I was in high school, in addition to being super creative, I happened to be great in academia. So I had a 4.0 GPA, and I would, the idea of going to college wasn't even in my mind, mm. but I went to a career, was it a career fair, college fair in a school with a couple of my friends. They're like, yeah, let's check it out. I'm like, okay. And this lady just came to me and said, hey, fill this out. I'm like, okay. So I fill it out, and that was a lady at Chain University at the time. And I gave it to her. She looked at it. She's like, you got all A's? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, cool. She took the application. I completely forgot about it. Mm -hmm. And then a couple weeks later, I got a letter in the mail said that I got accepted to Chain University and I got a full scholarship. Oh. And I was like, is this real? <laughs> so I didn't believe that was real. You know, I was grateful for it at the time, but I'm like, is this even real? Then I actually took a trip to the school to see if the school really exists and if these people are actually real and did I really get the scholarship? We got to dig into that. We got to because you're thinking it's not real. Why? Because like people don't get like. No, I'm, I'm thinking it's not real because one, I never heard nobody ever got a full ride to a school gotcha. before. Mm -hmm. Right. And two, I've never heard of that school before. Right. So. These two things didn't match. Mm. You know, I'm coming up from a background where I'm living with family and friends and going to school for me was just, okay, go to school, get good grades, and then I'll figure out the rest later. Mm -hmm. It wasn't go to school, get good grades, go to college and trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So when I got into that room and I'm like, wait, is this actually real? They're going to really give me a full scholarship to come here? And when I got to the school, I loved it. I was like, wow, all these amazing black people from all over, yeah. this is amazing. So I was so amazed by that. And I was like, I'm gonna, yes, let's do it. So I, I just decided to go to that school. <laughs> I'm always like, I think that inside, I would say it's maybe like a, I admire people who went to HBCUs oh, because yeah. as an African-American, I often, I, we, like you said, get yeah. the grades, go to school. I went to a PWI and mm -hmm. I figured it out from there. What I also understand is like a lot of immigrants will go to Florida. They'll end up at a P PWI and their heritage and their culture doesn't yeah. necessarily get solidified mm. um, or in a way that they can actually express it. Like they mm -hmm. might of course have like deep roots. Yeah. Um, but they're not able to like, express it. Where were where was your identity around like mm. being a black man or being a Haitian man at the time? So, wow, that's a good question. Um, back then, it was a lot of struggle, mm. right? Because once I learned English and like throughout high school, yeah, I was working, I had a job, but I wanted to be more Americanized than being Haitian. Got it. Right? Because I wanted to be more accepted by my peers. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I did, I never tell anybody this, but um, because I was, you know, great in academia. I used to help my fellow peers with their homework, and that was my side hustle. So they're paying me 40 bucks, and I write the paper. I won't get them a A, I'll get them like a B, because I said, if you get an A, the professor's gonna say, you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they're like, hi, hi, I got you, I got you. Mm -hmm. So they'll go along with it, and so I was making extra money on the side in addition to working yeah. um, while I was in school. So I always wanted to be accepted by my peers at the time, 
And so I had to, you know, make the money so I can buy the nice clothes so then I can come to school. Although I was still a geek, right? Because I'm always geeky about stuff. But I wanted to be the good looking, cool gig. <laughs> Not just the gig that wear the horrible clothes. Um, so what happened though is from high school to college, I started to change, right? I started to becoming more aware of myself right mm -hmm. and then i started to become more aware of my roots and i started to see well i, I don't want to lose my haitian side and when i got to an hbcu i was seeing the diversity in the black community right i was seeing some of my peers that love what they do that you know they're in college but they're also jamaican and mm -hmm. they're also caribbean i'm like i'm haitian so i started to embrace my roots even more Right. So now I was sharing with everyone, hey, I'm not just back then. People used to call me. I, I didn't even even let people call me by my real name. I used to have them call me by my middle name. What's uh, your middle name? Jeff. Mm. Right. Uh, when I got to college, becoming more accepting my roots, mm. then a friend of mine said, what's your first name? I'm like, oh, it's Gilbert. I said, why don't you tell people that's your name? I'm like, I don't know. So I started realizing more. It was like a, a full self-discovery. You know, when I joined the fraternity, right? And they're like, dude, you got to tell people your real name. Yeah. <laughs> so all that, it's a self-discovery mindset-wise, but also um, now slowly move, moving myself from being accepted, mm. being like, oh, I need to be like these guys because that's what I want to be perceived as, to mm -hmm. more of, I want to become more of myself. Yes. And it sounds like being in that environment, they are pouring into who you are. So it's less of trying to be yeah. and more of them saying, hey, you need, need to, to be, be you. you. Exactly. That's so important. Like, I think that as a person, mm -hmm. as people, as humans, it's valuable wherever you get it from for yeah. people to pour into you and allow you to just say, oh, it's okay to be me. It's okay it's, to be exactly. me. And then also you were at this place where you would have preferred to be more Americanized because I'm sure that's where you thought it mm -hmm. would take to be like successful. Yeah. But to hear like people champion like the Gilbert side yeah. of you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. It, it was, it was. And the beauty about it, because I was in a school where I was grateful to have a full ride, mm -hmm. I was around other people that had full ride. Yes, other smart black people. Yes, and those peers also became champions. And some of my peers and I end up starting a business in the school. Because at the time, our mindset wasn't like, we were like, oh, okay, we don't want to be broke college students. We should start a business. And I'm like, we also want to meet a lot of girls. <laughs> And so we like, I'm like, let's start a photography business. That was before social media, before Facebook got popular, before selfies, right? And my friend were like, yes, let's do it. So we took our um, refund checks, because even though we had a full ride, we had refund checks. Instead of buy the next pair of Jordans, we invested and started a business. We bought equipment. We started a photography business. Mm -hmm. My role at the time was the sales guy. Okay. So I wanted to be meet all the girls. So I'll go to any girl that I thought was cute. Like, hey, listen, my name is Joubert. Oh, how you doing? You know, we started a photography business. We would love to take a few shots of you that you can use for your portfolio. 
And that's how we started getting our first clients. <laughs> oh, you cannot make this up. That is amazing. Not yeah. to mention, fast forward, you went into a sales role. So like yeah. you got your start really, oh, yeah. really early. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys started a photography business. Yeah. And I was one, I was going to ask you, like, you're in school, so on the side, you're a photographer. But yeah. what did you get your full ride and what major did you choose? Oh, in so I got my full ride just to go to the school for four years. I got a business major. Got it. Um, now, I'll give you a quick story on mm -hmm. that. As an immigrant, when I told my parents, hey, I'm going to college, they're like, they were so champion, so excited for me. Uh, there were three routes. Either you become a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer, mm -hmm. right? So when I first started, I told everyone I'm gonna become a doctor. Cause that was the the plan, the vision. But when I got there, I'm like, I don't want to be a doctor, you know. I'm like, I want to do business. Cause I started to get more involved with the company, and I'm like, screw biology, let me get into business. And then when I shared that with my parents, they weren't too happy about it. Mm. Like, what do you mean? You got my, You see, your dad is in business in Haiti. Why do you want to do that? You should be a doctor. That's what you wanted to do. I'm like, well, you're not paying for it. <laughs> so I'm going to choose to be, a, you know, go in business. So I went for the business degree and I was running this business part time. I was also, you know, I'm part of a fraternity. I have all these things going on and I was blessed to have amazing people around me to help me do it. Yeah. Yeah. People oftentimes say like, you know, college is, is a waste of time and the, on, on one end you, you have to argue with your parents on what major you want, right? Yeah. And on the other hand you have these people who are like, college degrees aren't worth nothing. And here you are in the middle, you yeah. have a photography business and you're in... And so here's the thing, right? I think um, depends on what you want to do. If you already know what you want to do and you say, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. um, and you already have the relationships, then it doesn't, I don't think college is necessary at this time that we're in right now. But back then it was because I, with college, I was able to build the relationships. With college, I was able to travel the world because I was one of the first few students that got a chance to travel in like over 10 countries. So with college, I was able to start building the right relationship in my community, right? So these friends are still friends today, you know? Uh, so that's what I got out of college. It wasn't really the learning piece, because honestly, I've learned more in the past few years investing in myself as an entrepreneur and taking courses, YouTube universities, getting mentors, than I've learned in college in terms of subject matter. Mm -hmm. But in terms of relationship building, those basics relationship building and being independent of yourself, I've learned that in college. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I would sometimes tell people, yeah, you don't need to get an MBA. You know, that was one thing I, I don't think is worthwhile for me to, to have done. I, did you get your MBA? Yeah, I oh, did. You did. Okay. Right? So I don't think you should, you need it. If you want to go in business, go in business. Mm -hmm. You know, don't delay it because you're going to learn more in that journey in business than you would by just being in the books. Yeah. Unless you want a high paying job. If you want a high paying job, then yeah, go to college, get the good grades, and work for 40 years. Yeah, so <laughs> to take a bit of a pit stop, because um, before I got my MSW, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about the MBA, yeah. and the way that I would characterize what you learn is you learn how to 
be an employee at a big box company. Like yeah. you're talking about spreadsheets of a million dollars yeah. or whatever. But when you're going into business as an entrepreneur anyway, like your first year might not even be a million. No, it's, it's not. But it's it, I think the difference is if you want to work for a big company, mm -hmm. that MBA can be heavy, not just what you're learning, but more of the relationships that you're building to get you into these companies. Again, relationship. Relationship, mm -hmm. right? But if you, like, I want to start my own business, go and do it. You know, that right now, at the current time that we end, I would 100% say, go and do it. You'll build the right relationship that way. Mm -hmm. You know, but back then, when I was going through that process, it was important, right? And then when I graduated college, um, instead of keeping the business going, we didn't have mentors. So we ended up closing it down. Take our money, you know, buy apartments and cars and do all those crazy stuff and then work in corporate America. Got it. So that's how I got in corporate. <laughs> I was gonna ask you literally, like what was your vision when you graduated? So it, would you say like your vision might have been tapped at this point, you just went to the next? Yeah, so it was more like by that time, it was more I'm gonna go whatever traditional route that everybody said was success got it. was like, was that. Okay, now you're graduating, you need to get a good job. Mm. Which um, around that time, it was around the 2008 recession, right? So a lot of things happened. I had several job offers because I've done a lot of internships, um, literally all over throughout my college years. Mm -hmm. And what happened there was one of the job I had offer from was AT&T here in Atlanta. Um, that's when I was supposed to come to Atlanta mm -hmm. the first time. Was that as a PMP, business analyst? What was It that? was through their corporate uh, executive training program. Got it. Yeah, so I was one supposed to be one of the people accepted there. Mm -hmm. Then before we graduated and the market tumbled, they pulled the offer. They're like, oh, we can't accept anybody right now. Mm -hmm. Good luck to you. And to me, it's like, oh, okay, I did something great. Mm -hmm. Now, a crazy situation that happened is when I graduated, to starting that second business, what really pushed me to start that business, because my mentor was telling me for about a year, you need to do something, you need to do something with this. And I was like, ah, yeah, but I'll use it for this. Not really seeing the opportunity was, I started a consulting gig after I graduated for an event company in the city of New York. The reason that they hired me because on my resume, they saw I did something with LinkedIn. So they're like, hey, maybe you can help us build a plan for LinkedIn because that's something we want to focus on. So at the time, they're like, all right. I'm like, yeah, sure. They're like, we'll give you 40 grand. That's your salary to work with us. And then go ahead and help us. So I helped them build a plan. And I saw in less than a month, they took that plan, they implemented, their sales team generated over $300,000 in business for them. Mm. The light bulb went on. I'm like, you know, there may be something here that I have not considered. And then after that, they got rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It was to me to say, well, we don't really need, you know, your services anymore. It wasn't really explained at the time. Mm. And when I got that pink slip or whatever you call it nowadays, I was so fired off and I was like, I helped this company do this in this amount of time and they're just gonna get rid of me as a consultant. And I'm like, okay. I called my friend, that woman I told you about, and I was like, I am so pissed. You know that, screw this. I'm starting my own business again. Boom, that's when the idea came. I had $300 in my account at the time, 
right? Because they didn't even pay me for the consulting gig yet. And I call my mentor, who's also an attorney, and I'm like, I need your help to build this company and create this company. He's like, yeah, come to my office. Came by, he was like, that's gonna cost you $300. <laughs> I took out my card, I just gave it to him. No money left. <laughs> Literally, caps. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, now I really have to make this work. So it, it's so much to the story, but I'll give you kind of like the, the finite details. So first thing that I started doing, I went back on LinkedIn, started looking for customers. And then I'm like, well, if I'm going to be doing a LinkedIn business, I need to educate people on this because I don't think a lot of people know. That's when my skill set from the network marketing come in. Mm. So what I did is I built a list and a friend of mine gave me another list of people that I should reach out to. I reached out to them. I set up a webinar. I charged $30 for the webinar. And I blasted out. I had five people that purchased. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I got like five not. people that purchased something. <laughs> yeah. So I had the webinar. I presented. People like it. And then I had some follow-up sales calls. And then I, and that turned into one client that paid me $1,000. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, there's something there. $1,000 to do the same thing that you did for the company or the same thing you did for that first client? The same thing I did for that company. Got you. Right? Because that's, that's my only success story. There, I didn't have anything else. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I started working with them. Then the next thing happened is I'm like, okay, well, how do I build this up? Because I, I had no idea. So then I started looking. I'm like, okay, are there any other people that are LinkedIn expert? Let me find more who these people are. So I scouted LinkedIn. That was 2013. Back then, there was about 500 LinkedIn trainers around the world. So I scattered them around and I started identifying who do I connect with the most. And I found three people. One was in the US, one was in Australia, and one was in UK. So I got into all their lists and I started learning from all three. And then from learning from all three, I started applying what I learned to help me. Mm -hmm. Right? I still wasn't full time in the business yet. I didn't get full time until 2014. At the end of the 2013, I realized, wait a second, I made 15 grand, that's $5,000 every month. Then I think back, wait a second, an enterprise, you know, that's like area manager salary. Because mm -hmm, remember, 60,000 in three years. Guess what happened there? Another light bulb went on. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, I was doing this, but I still had side stuff that I was doing. Then something came to me in December 2013. I'm like, you know what? If I really want to do this, I got to burn the boat. I got to really focus on this. I, I really got to go all in with this. I got to stop everything else that I'm doing and then go all in. At the time, I had a very supportive girlfriend who is now my wife. She was super supportive. Everything I was doing, she said, go for it. So when I got home, I told her, hey, I'm going to go into this full time. And she said, I got you. I was like, all right, bet. So I stopped everything else and said, 2014, I'm going to go in full time. Mm. I decided to go in full time. I made 60 grand that year. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so that's how it all started, you know. Burn the and, boat, $60,000. Yeah, so it, it made me build my confidence in mm -hmm. myself, mm -hmm. right? Um, also, one thing I realized is I didn't want to stay there. I, I, I noticed at that time that I need to find mentors. 
I need to always be exposed to people. So I started looking for mentors. Mm -hmm. I started listening to Eric Thomas, Les Brown, uh, going on YouTube University, listening to podcasts. So I, it was a evolving process for me, mm -hmm. you know, where I got a chance to meet a lot of people, listening to them, find the one that I'm connecting with. And if they're able to show me something that they've done that I haven't done before, I was listening. Mm, you speak about mentorship a lot. Yes. And, um, the first half of your career, you're kind of navigating on your own. Plus, I know you got wisdom from parents. Um, you got your peers that you're bouncing ideas off of. Yeah. Less exposure as yeah. like once you finally started to like actively find mentors. And then you do mentor. You do mention mentors a lot from like the network marketing side of mm -hmm. things, even when you had your business. Um, but then now in 2022, we know that most mentorships come with a cost, some, yes. some type of like, and you even mentioned the ETs of the world, right? I yeah, would say yeah. Napoleon Hill was a mentor. Yeah. Can you tell me like, one, when did you start investing in mentorship, mm. right? And before then and then after then, what would you say, how would you say mentorship has helped, you, helped me? Yeah, develop Absolutely. as a person. So um, w when I actually pay somebody to become my mentor was in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, there was a there's an organization called the Alternative Board and what they do is a peer-to-peer -peer group where people just meet up together, a bunch of different owners, and they talk about their challenges and their help with each other. And the coach uh, of that is kind of help you and guide you, right? So I've joined that organization. I didn't have a lot of money, right? So I, I made a deal. <laughs> You know, when you don't have money, you figure out how can you be resourceful and be of value. Mm -hmm. So I made it down like, okay, I'll take care of your LinkedIn if I join your mentorship and can we come up with some type of agreement, right? So he was like, okay, we can do that until you get to this revenue level. Okay. Once you get to this revenue level, I need you to start investing this amount. So I'm like, okay. Deal. So now what that does for me, it put me around because my main thing is, okay, how do I get make the six figures? Right. That's the big thing to everyone. I'm like, OK, how do I get to six figures? So I told him, hey, listen, do you have people that are, that are making over six figures in your program? He was like, yes. I'm like, can I be around them? He was like, yes. So when I joined that group, right, I was paying 250 bucks a month. I started being around people that was doing six figures. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, OK, I can learn from them. So learning, learning, learning and not only learning about business, about challenges, but also learning about myself. Mm. What do I like? What don't I like? What, what, what pisses me off about business? What doesn't? You know, what can I accept? All these different things. Then fast forward, 2018, I got another mentor um, from a podcast I was listening to. And she was talking about uh, systems. So I'm like, oh, I need systems. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to her and I invested 9000 and that was a steep investment for me back then. I was mm. like, holy shit, I'm putting $9,000 into this. It better work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? So that, that was the second one. Then I made another investment for 12000 Then uh, about uh, two years, a year ago, I made an investment for over, in a year, about like over $100,000 in myself. Mm -hmm. Right? That's been the, one of the biggest investments I made so far. Right. And I'm going to keep making bigger ones. Mm -hmm. And the whole purpose of it now, it's not just about self and business. It's also about the community of the people you're meeting, because mm -hmm. one thing that has helped me a whole lot throughout the years is having the right network, mm -hmm. being around the right people with the right mindset. 
if somebody's not talking about the positive things or talking about visions and growth, I don't want to be around them. So my goal is always to be around people that has that positive mindset, talking about that growth and really showing me how to do it. And I can bring my resources to help. How can we collaborate? What can we do? That's my mindset now. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned like uh, the first time you invested 9,000, you said it better work. Right. I get people all the time who ask me about, you know, what did I get out of investing in a community? What did mm -hmm. I get out of investing in a workshop? What did I yeah. And I oftentimes have not that I have a hard time, but I, I my answer evolves into you have to invest the money. You have to know what you're getting out of it. Yes. Right. What when you were in that mindset, you said it better work. Right. How would you characterize? what you thought you were going to get out of it. Then right? what I actually get out yes, of it. it which so, is, yeah. um, what I thought I was getting out of it was, okay, I'm going to be around entrepreneurs that's doing at least half a million dollars uh, in their business. It could be a year. It could be five years. I don't care. I just want them to be doing multiple six figures and I'll have systems set up in my company. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that's all I thought I was going to get. What I got out of it was um, the community, but also it was more personal myself on like, oh, you can also do over multiple six figures in your business, right? So it's that reassurance, right? Um, now I'm in a community where, you know, we're doing different folks are doing over seven figures in a day. So the mindset is, okay, I can do seven figure in a day now. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it yet, but that's the mindset. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, <laughs> you didn't even go in there thinking, okay, seven, seven K in a day, seven figures in a day. You're just like, I just want to be around people who make six figures. Yeah. So it's, for me, it's like, I know once you're around the right people, the money's going to come. Mm -hmm. You will just have to, you'll know the right activities. You'll be, basically, it puts you in a position, just like when I first learned how to speak English, right? I wanted to be great at it and really pronouncing my word properly and become a great speaker I'm able to do that because I put myself in that environment so it's always how do I put myself in an environment where I can do better you know what I mean yeah so now it's more like okay now I'm gonna be in this environment or I'm in this environment now I'm around these people I'm learning from them I can do the same thing they did mm. you know and it's gonna keep evolving yeah. It's not going to be something that like where I'm at now in maybe two years, three years from now, the vision of myself that I see there, I'm working toward that vision. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Now this is when, what happens when I get super excited about the journey and I still got business questions. And so oh, yes. I want to do both. And, Absolutely. And typically I get back around to it. We'll see. But in mm -hmm. the business, I picked up a couple nuances. One nuance is like you solve a problem. For the first client, you solve the problem, got her 50 leads. Yeah. And then she 50 customers. 50 that's, customers. Yeah. That's different. That's different. And she, she's like, oh, I can't handle it. She had to hire someone, right? Solve her own problem. Then we get to years later, you mm -hmm. solve the problem of getting $300,000 yes. for that company. And then they end up um, laying you off or ending the contract. Yeah. So the nuance that I'm picking up, like as um, as a seasoned of an entrepreneur I am, right, way yeah, different yeah, yeah. than the corporate mind I had. 
I realized you solved a problem and then creating another problem. Yeah, of me not getting cash flow. It, well, of you not creating, but what I'm saying is you solved a problem for the client of getting the 50 yeah. cl customers. Yeah. But then what I'm also learning is having a solution to the next level. Problem. That yeah, exactly. To, like solve. So now that you're here, do yes. you have like layers of oh yeah like after now it's call. a little bit different mm -hmm. um now in my business um and the business has evolved over the years mm -hmm. right we were a point where we're just doing training we're a point where we're just an agency now we have a combination we have um a do-it-yourself program mm -hmm. we have a done with you program and we have a done for you program right so it's categorizing those three segment mm -hmm. so the do-it-yourself program it's super scalable you buy it you it's an online course learning management system we sell it to coaches consultants entrepreneurs but we also sell it to companies where they're licensing it for their team Got it. right mm -hmm. so that's theirs that's a do-it-yourself do it at your own pace and so forth the done with you is more of my coaching and consulting Right, where a client will bring me in. It could be uh, agency owners, it could be, um, you know, like uh, enterprise clients and so forth. And then I work with them for a period of time, right? Where I literally help them fix their problems, but then I will train somebody internally to take it over, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then we have the done for you program. This is where I set it up and then I get ongoing recurring revenue. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So three different. Well, I guess you, you could say Level. three different buckets mm -hmm. and three different levels mm -hmm. for three different groups of people. Mm -hmm. So the way I solve it is, okay, I can, you can do it yourself. You pay one time, you have access to it, you run it and so forth. Or we can coach you and be a consultant. And then guess what happens? Sometimes you know what to do or your team will know what to do, but you can still hire us to do the work. But now you understand what we're going to be doing. Yeah. So right. you solve their problem. Well, you solve their problem, and then the, even the next one it creates, you have a solution for the exactly. next one it creates, and then you have a solution for the next one there it creates. There you go. I was I was wondering. I was like, I wonder from a business perspective, like how did you learn it? And yeah. It like you sustainable you have the, model. Yeah, <laughs> and the intuition to like do that. Yeah. So um, remember, I said I always have like two questions. Yes, the Other one about the personal development piece. It was visualization, mm -hmm. right? And um, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast yeah. started. And um, before I actively, I jumped out of corporate, mm. right? So before I jumped out of corporate, I developed a meditation practice. I developed like praying and visualization yeah. and things like that. And that's what helped me like make the next step, mm -hmm. right? Where do you um, find uh, peace or where do you mm. find clarity in, in like the vision of it all? Mm, so that's a, that's a powerful question. Um, what here's, uh, I'll kind of give you my, my routine and I think that's kind of going to be helpful. Okay. So my routine, uh, 99% of the time, cause sometimes I don't do it and I'm being transparent and honest, right. Is before I wake, like I wake up from my sleep before I get out of bed, you know, I do my prayer. And then after that, I start analyzing my days and analyzing how I'm going to help clients and really trying to clarify my goals and vision for the day, right? Then I get up, um, I go straight into meditation, right? I meditate um, really there in my meditation is really trying to understand and keep myself calm and create that peace factor for myself. Mm. Then after that, depends on the day and what's got going on, I'll go and work out 
or I'll do some stretches and so forth. And then I prep breakfast for my wife for her to go to work because um, she still enjoy what she does. Mm -hmm. And then I'll take her to work and spend quality time with her while taking her to work. Right. So that's kind of like my morning routine. Mm -hmm. And when by the time I get back, I'm listening to the morning meetup mm -hmm. and then I'm starting my day. <laughs> Shout out to the morning meetup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so literally that's my day. Got you. Do you... <laughs> You said that, you, and I'm glad you were being transparent about it, because yeah. sometimes we do our routines, sometimes we do our yeah. rituals, and sometimes we don't. Um, what is like moments of clarity look like for you? Mm. Moments of clarity to me is when I not only see where I'm going, mm -hmm. right, but I'm able to reverse engineer the steps on how I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. Either another really good book that helped me so much is Who Not How, mm -hmm. right? Before I read that book, I always thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? Now it's more of who am I going to hire to help me do this, mm -hmm. right? Because there's somebody that's already done it or either a mentor or maybe a team member or a contractor. Who can I express that vision to that can help me get this piece of it? So when I'm creating clarity, it's okay. I'm going to be doing X. I want to get to that level. I want to make this goal. Okay, for me to get there, what do I need to do? I need to this, this, this. Okay, these are the seven steps. Who can help me take care of step one? Who can help me take care of step two? Who can help me take care of step three, etc.? So that's where clarity looked to me. It's really not just the overall vision, mm -hmm. because that's one thing to have that clear vision, mm -hmm. right? But it's also, let's create the steps on how you're gonna get to that. You know, what's gonna be your strategy to get to that vision, mm. you know? And my vision evolves. So I had one vision, I've accomplished it, I'm grateful of it. Then I have a second vision, you know, and I have a third vision. and. You have vision in the business, you have vision in personal life, you have vision in family. So it's a lot of different visions and then different ways to accomplish that. Absolutely. Like a whole web and yeah. then there's the actions that we take every single day. Yeah, the behaviors. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of um, a, tra a, a challenge that a lot of people are dealing with right now, if you were to go to any dating site, any mm -hmm. blog, it's the challenge of trying to find somebody on this journey with you. And yeah. I love the way you depicted your routine and how you you do the things that serve you, right? Yeah. The meditation, um, finding the peace by yourself. But then you also like make your wife's lunch and yeah. then also spend time, quality time on the way to work. The way you like embody it, it's like dope, right? <laughs> but we all know it took time oh, and, yeah. and challenges oh, yeah. to get you there. What were some of the things that you experienced? Like, what were some of the challenges that you experienced in, uh, like, in in your process of getting to that place of like spending quality time on a regular day to take your wife to work? Um, something I don't tell people all the time, but my wife had this conversation. My wife and I have this conversation all the time. I'm not a very emotional person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking. I'm like a thinker and a doer. So uh, to get to that point where now I'm spending more quality time with my wife, that was not easy, right? We dated for a long time before we got married. Uh, I'm not always like a commitment type of person as well. So coming up from that and being very closed off when it comes to sharing my emotion, it took a lot of prayer, <laughs> a, a lot of work um, in myself, right? Personal development. And also um, 
some different things happened in life that got me to start looking at things differently, you mm -hmm. know, death in the family and seeing, you know, hey, this person didn't even get a chance to do half of the things you want to do. Yeah. Are you going to waste that time and not really take advantage of the time that you have now? Right. So start seeing things differently has yeah. helped me through the process. You said a lot of prayer. Oh, yeah. Can I, and this, if you, hopefully you can answer this question, but you know, when you're successful in business, and when I say successful, I think as an entrepreneur, as long as we're still like moving forward, getting yeah. sales, like we're pushing Growing through, the business. we can yeah. grind. And as a, a single person, we can grind all day and all yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you consider the fact that you want to be on a journey with someone, yeah. uh, you're channeling energy to maintain this relationship. Like I think of Elon Musk and when he's like, when he thinks like about like how he doesn't necessarily consider like the women and he focuses on I'm like how do you do that right the challenge of thinking of other people my question yeah. is about your prayer yes you said that you it took a lot of prayer what were some of the things mm. that you prayed for like when you think uh, about like the prayers um be more present with my wife mm -hmm. at the time uh because one thing with me like you mentioned like Elon Musk is very focused like I literally I'm the guy that um, we'll just close the door and be in there all day, mm -hmm. right? From like my day start at 6.30, cause I normally wake up around 4.30, 5 o'clock. So my work day start at 6.30 or seven and I'm there till like seven or 8 PM, you know? And one thing I love about my wife is she speaks her mind. <laughs> She's not holding it back and, and expect me to figure it out. Right. She'll tell me, dude, you spending all this time in there, you forgot I exist. I mean, we're still in a relationship. What's going on? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I had to apologize, but sometimes also make me realize, hey, what do I want my life to be, right? What do I want? What exactly do I want beside a business? And the fact that I, I love this woman, I com I'm committed to this woman, I'm building a life with her, I have to give that time because I grew up where my dad is an entrepreneur, where he was, he's there for us when he needed, but most of the time we didn't see him because he's always working, mm -hmm. right? So how do I create something where I'm not always working? I'm still in the process of that, right? But the prayer come in by asking God for guidance, um, asking God for uh, help, making me see things I don't see, making me hear things I should hear, but I haven't heard. You know, so it, that's the process. Mm -hmm. And then finding people that have successful relationship, mentors, yes. exposure, mm -hmm. right? So in our church, you know, like right now in our church, we're going through a marriage course program. Uh, but uh, the pastor and his wife, they've been together for more than 25 years. We don't have half of that time. Right. Yes. I, that was not part of my plan at all. Not just me, but my friends were like, OK, some of them wanted to get master degree. Some of them wanted to, you know, I was like, OK, I'm just going to get a good job and, you know, go make some good money and I'll be good. Mm -hmm. That was the whole vision. Yeah. You mentioned not having a mentor. Yes. In that moment, in hindsight, what is it that you needed? Right. Mm -hmm. To do anything outside of taking the traditional path. Um, that's a good question. So. If for me to take that outside traditional path, I needed to see somebody that was successful in the photography business. If I had met someone that was doing 
multiple six figures, seven figures, that had the best life, that had what I wanted to see, I would be like, oh, I'm not getting this job. I'm just going to build this business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And because photography allowed me to use my skill set in sales and creativity. So, <laughs> so really, that's where you wanted to be. You just couldn't see it. I, yeah, I couldn't see it. And I didn't have that exposure. Mm -hmm. I, I needed that exposure. Mm -hmm. So I ended up taking the traditional path and got into, you know, working with enterprise at the time. Uh, the rental car business. When I got there, my, my vision there was, how did this company get to $9 billion at the time? Mm. I, that's all I wanted to know. I'm like, I'm going to get this job because they're, they're doing $9 billion sell, renting cars, selling cars. How? So I wanted to understand that. So that's, that's why I got the job. <laughs> that automatically puts you in a completely different subset. Like, even yeah. though you said you went the traditional route, you know, the mindset of a person that just goes this tradi traditional route is just to get the job, and then you focus on the spreadsheets. Nah. You're thinking the whole time, how yeah. does this company get to a billion dollars? That was my whole thing. And I remember my first day at the job, because, um, you know, like, when I got interviewed, it's a pretty strong interview process. Uh, I learned a lot from that as well. But when I got the job, one of the things that Enterprise at the time pushing was, hey, you know, you have the ability to get promoted, right? The area manager that I got interviewed, I love that guy. He was like, oh man, you can get to $60,000 in three years. I'm like, oh, 60,000, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my God. So I'm like super excited about that. And I'm like, I wonder how did they do that? So when I got to the job, my first day, right? Um, my area manager introduced me to my branch manager. I said, hey, this is Joubert. He's gonna be new here. Oh, great. Here's the car key, go wash the car in the back. I'm like, wait a second, I got a bachelor degree. Why am I washing cars? Mm -hmm. Right? So that, that had a big toll on my mindset there because I'm like, I saw myself being up there because I got a bachelor degree and I'm all of that. Then when I got to that office, they're like, go wash the car. And I'm like, what do you mean? I, I'm like, okay. So I went back there, washed the car. And I'm, as I'm washing the car, I'm like, did I make the right decision? You know, why did I do this? Then another voice said in my head, huh, maybe there's something to learn here. So I watched the car mm -hmm. and then I started following them around and I started learning the process. Then I started learning how to sell, right? Then I started learning service. And I'm like, oh, that's why he told me to go watch the car. It's part of the process. Mm. I had to learn the process. So in looking back at it at that time, I didn't see it, but after spending a couple months working at Enterprise and becoming one of the top sales rep there, I realized it's all start with the process. Yeah. That's why there's such a big multi-billion dollar company to have a very strong process. Mm -hmm. So when I realized that, I'm like, okay, now how can I move up? So I started thinking, what's the next step? <laughs> I'm listening to you and I'm 100% and I'm, I'm agreeing with you. But then I'm also thinking like, how, like when you, this is how, this is how you said it. And this is how I heard it. You know, they toss you the keys. You have to wash the car and you're like, you know, the karate kid basically walks yeah, away. So I'm like, why am I yeah. here? And, but you, the way that you in hindsight, you know, internalize it is like he, he want, I needed to understand the process. Right. Yeah. So often, I don't know if people around us are actually like Mr. Miyagi. I feel like so often they're just like handing you the keys. This is what you have to do. Where do you, where did you first notice? 
because you're you talk about your story as if yeah. like you have this one side that's like dang did i make the wrong decision yeah but then you have this other side it's like what do i have to learn here exactly when did you first notice that's how you think mm, that's a good question I, I gotta take you a little further up in my story okay um but i'm taking you toward after enterprise started working with another company got laid off find myself, you know, my back against the wall and all this craziness happened. Then a couple years ago, about four or five years ago, I started to really start learning about myself and how I think mm. and my strength, right? So I read this book, it was about 2019, 2018, 2019, called The One Thing with mm. Gary Keller. I love that book. That book changed my life. Because after I read that book, I started to think differently about everything. And then I started to start looking at all my behaviors and my patterns and started to understanding myself, right? In terms of why do I make this decision? What can I learn from this? And start to really understand my behavioral pattern and my decision pattern. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's when that started. Then you started. Now you're, you're hearing yourself think. Mm -hmm. Would you say... At that point, that's when your decision making started to change, or were you like aware of it, but still? Like, I was kind of aware of it, but really <clears throat> starting to immerse into it around like 2018, 2019. Got it. When, um, you know, reading books and mm -hmm. learning, like I've always, you know, once I left corporate America, I had several different mentors that helped me, right? That helped with mindsets, heavy mindset. And it's been a self-discovery, and it still is now. Like, I, I, I'm, I haven't mastered myself yet. I don't think none of us have. Mm -hmm. So it's always a self-discovery. How can I go further? And looking at my thoughts, looking at my actions, at what could I have done better? What I've learned from doing this? Okay, now this is done. Was that the right choice? Or is there even a right choice? So all these is thoughts. Is there even a right <laughs> choice? Like, to one, to, to get to a point where you recognize, like, is there even a right, right yeah. choice? I think that takes a lot of anxiety off. What do you think? It does. And I'll tell you something that helped me a lot through that. Um, back in the days, there is a, a program that I went to. I'm trying to remember the name of the program that was recommended by one of my mentors. That program changed my life because it started to make me think differently, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and started to becoming more self-aware. So not, not just the book, or it was around the same time, that book and that program, and I started to see things differently. Mm. So all the anxiety, all the pressure, you know, it's slowly getting off my back right not saying that i don't have pressure now but it's to me now it's a different pressure it's more something i'm no i know it's coming i'm welcoming it and i'm like okay all right let's deal with it you know <laughs> let's go now this was three to four years ago and you've been yeah. an entrepreneur for 11 years yeah 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 got you so what you've had your time in corporate mm -hmm. um but i'm curious to know like what led to your first like intentional exit out into entrepreneurship? So I, it wasn't something where I just, oh, I quit this job. I'm going to, it was never something like that. I was very comfortable. Um, after enterprise, I work in insurance, um, making really decent money. Um, single at the time, no kids, not no family, nothing. It's more like, oh, I make this amount of money. I'm going to go to New York City and party and 
I'll make that same amount of money in two weeks. Uh, I was more forced out. It was changes within the organization, and um, I was one of the people that was let go. And when I was let go, I was given a package. Um, I started looking for a job. I'm like, oh, I'm so talented. I'll be fine. It didn't work out that way. Uh, <laughs> I got to a point where I was uh, getting evicted. Um, my car was being repossessed. My credit cards were maxed out. My credit score went from like a 750 to like a 400, mm. right? So it was bad. It was really bad. And I, my back was against the wall and I had to make a decision, you know, sink or swim, right? <laughs> so um, I was grateful at the time that I decided to start a business in my apartment. You decided to start a business with a 400 credit yeah. score. You are, your car is repossessed. Yep. Your house is getting about, about to be repossessed yep. or foreclosed, I was supposed Evicted. It was an apartment. Yeah. And you decided to start a business. Then. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm so full of like, so, okay. What, what, it, what was it that said? Cause what were you doing bef between you leaving the job and then starting your business? So between leaving the job and starting a business, I was looking for a job, ah. <laughs> right? So I was being interviewed. Gotcha. I went to all the interview process. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh my God, we're gonna hire you, amazing. The offer letter's coming in in a week. A week passed, then I hear the offer letter. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Start calling and follow up. Uh, silent, I'm like, what's going on? So then I did the same thing again. So mm -hmm. now it becomes a pattern. I've been spending the past six, seven months doing the same thing over mm -hmm. and over again mm -hmm. and not getting a different result. Gotcha. So I had to step back and said, okay, I can either keep doing this and I don't have any money in the bank and I end up with nowhere to live mm -hmm. or I can do something and take control. Mm. So at that time, the idea to me was I need to find a way to pay my bills. Yes. It wasn't like this super passion. It was, nah, it, it was strategic, honestly. Yeah, like, listen, we yeah, no, it wasn't no passion at all. It was like, how can I pay my bills? Because mm -hmm. they're due by the end of this month. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first business that you thought of? Um, I, while I was sitting there, I, I started looking and I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. Then I'm like, well, what am I really good at? I, I'm looking at back of my career from college to working at enterprise. Like I was really good at marketing. You know, I was really good at sales. Well, maybe I can be marketing. So first thing that came to mind, because I was trained in my last job um, on how to use LinkedIn as a tool. Okay. So I was like, hmm, how do I get in front of these people? Because I don't have a network. You know, who else do I know that has a business big enough that I can help? I did it. So I went on LinkedIn. <laughs> and I just started researching because I knew how to use the tool. I started looking for business owners and then I was looking at the business owners. I was looking at their business. I was looking at their website and I was just analyzing it. I'm like, okay, what can I do here? What can I help this person with? I stumbled across a cleaning business and I'm like, okay, it's only been in business for a couple of years. Uh, they don't really, the website doesn't look too good. Let me reach out to these people. So I reached out to the owner. And surprisingly, she replied back. She said, yeah, sure, let's talk. What was your first message out to them? It was very simple. Hi, my name is Joubert. I'm a marketing consultant. I noticed on your website that some things could be done better. I have a few ideas for you. Would it be okay if we chat? I still remember those. Yeah. You remember how you mentioned like mentorship before? Mm -hmm. 
did you where did you get the inkling like okay what to say what to look for because you even said like who can I like who well, has a business big enough for me to think help? about it when I was at enterprise right I, I moved up the rank I mm -hmm. became one of the branch managers and I was working with um, businesses mm -hmm. so I, I developed that vernacular of knowing how to speak to body shops uh, trucking companies right mm -hmm. how can we position um, our trucks and lease it to them so I've developed that skill set, and mm -hmm. when I worked at the insurance company, not only I was doing risk management, but I was speaking to agent, right? I was helping agent close deals. I was telling them, hey, here's what I see on their LinkedIn, here's how you should approach it. You know, and my creativity, and the, being able to think fast on my feet. Mm. So all these different skill set over the years has helped me to get to that position. Got it. <laughs> I, okay, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so you reach out, mm -hmm. first reach out, they're like, yes, I need your help. Yeah, it wasn't the first reach out. It was, I reach out to a lot of other people. Right, no, no, yes, yes, but right? the first. The one, first one that yeah, said yeah. yes, she didn't say yes, she, she need my help. She said, yes, I'm open to talk. Okay. Because I mentioned, I didn't say, hey, I can help you build your website. I'm going to make you make a lot of sales. I said, I have some ideas. Maybe you want to listen to them. Okay. And we met, we sat down. Um, she came from Philly at the time I was living in Jersey. We met halfway, we sat down, we chat. And I literally say to her, here's, if I were in your position, here's what I would do. I would do this, 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 and this. And then she said, okay, you know, let's do it. I was like, okay, <laughs> how much do you charge? I'm like, $500. That's all I could think of at the time. You came on a spot. Yeah, because my whole thing was, I need to pay my bills. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was my thing. Mm -hmm. How can I pay my bills? And she said, okay. I was like, great. <laughs> I didn't think on how I'm going to get paid, nothing. I'm like, okay, I'll send you an agreement. Um, I knew that much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we'll figure out the rest. And she sent me the agreement. Then she wrote me a check. Now I got paid. And I was like, Oh my God, I got my first check. You know, that changed my life. Because now I didn't have to basically, um, because I was in that position, I was like, oh my God, I don't have to rely on somebody else to get paid. Mm. I can do this myself. But I still had a lot of negative thoughts in my head. Oh, she might take her check back. You might not do a good job. Now I'm like, I got to pay these bills. Whatever it takes, I need to get this done. So I started working with her. I was able to help her get some customers. She got 50 customers uh, from my ideas, which I thought was a blessing from God. Uh, I got another one and another one, another one. And now I was able to start paying most of my bills so I can keep the car and keep the apartment, right? Um, then the next thing happened. I, I met a girl and met her through networking. I thought I was going on a date, but I don't know if this girl was going to change my life, right? So we met, we sat, we chat, and she's like, yeah, I'm about to travel. Um, you know, I'm also getting into real estate. I'm like, real estate? What's, tell me more. And we went from being on a date to talking about real estate, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I'm like, tell me more. She's like, yeah, I met this guy. You can get into real estate and you could take classes and they'll pay for it. I'm like, really? So now I got the consulting business, then I'm like, oh, maybe I need to get in real estate. So while she's traveling, I went, met with the guy <laughs> and got into real estate. So I started taking real estate classes. So when I when she came back, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking this real estate class. She said, me too. So we became friends. 
she became one of my best friends from that one idea, right? Yeah. And then when I met her, we met someone else in the real estate program that became one of my first mentors. That got me into network marketing. So I was in real estate, network marketing, consulting, and all I was doing all these to make sure I pay my bills, mm -hmm. right? Not thinking, hey, I can focus on one thing and shoot it up. I didn't have any mentors. You know I was thinking about yeah. the one thing. As, as you're yeah. telling me this, um, one, I'm thinking about her, you know, this woman changing your life, right? Yeah. Exposing you to all these things. Um, but then I'm also like, okay, he's getting into a lot of stuff. I'm starting to get scared. <laughs> no, no, but that's the thing. Those things all came full circle mm. because that mentor that I met at the real estate class got me into network marketing. That's where I learned how to speak, mm. how to train, how mm -hmm. to recruit people, how to motivate people, how to build teams, mm. right? <laughs> so all this thing called they all come back full circle yeah. and then I went to get my MBA because I was like wow. I'm not smart enough as a business owner to really build something maybe I need to get an MBA that can help me in hindsight what do you think about that it wasn't the best idea okay. I could have done it without the MBA I actually although I met some great people in the MBA program and it was meant for me to go through that. Mm -hmm. However, going back, if I had the option to do it again, I probably wouldn't do the MBA. So in hindsight, what do you think was truly missing, right? Again, mm -hmm. kind of circling back to like mentorship. If someone were there to tell you what exactly the pivot or the sauce that you needed, what was it? Honestly, it was a couple of things. One, someone to help me gain confidence in myself mm -hmm. that I can do this. Mm -hmm. I got that from the network marketing mentor because he kept saying, hey, yeah, I know, I see what you're doing, but that LinkedIn thing, that's major. No one is doing this. You need to focus on that, right? So really give me that strength. Uh, second, having the mentorship, right? And because when I joined network marketing, I started meeting um, entrepreneurs that are Haitian like myself that made millions, Right. So I'm like, oh, this is wow. possible. There's more to this, mm -hmm. you know, so that exposure, I got that from network marketing first and that exposure and that personal development, working on myself and mindset. That's where I got that from. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I had gotten the exposure, the mentorship and that self-confidence at that stage, I could have easily take my business to a whole new level. Mm. I would have been probably way further than I am now. If it weren't for those three years in your MBA? Just two years. Two years. If yeah. it weren't for those two years, you yeah, think you'd be I think further? So. I'm thinking, so, <clears throat> you know, I'm in my last year in my master's, yes. right? And it's oftentimes I have the same thought. Like, yeah. you know, even the things that we want to do create impact mm -hmm. things. And I'm just always thinking like, I could be out there. I just haven't seen it yet. Mm. When you think about the time that you did spend while you were in, B in your MBA, yeah. how could you, or how did you capitalize on the time that you were in there? So one thing, I, <clears throat> the MBA that I did was an executive program, mm -hmm. right? I was the youngest person in there, um, but I had the opportunity to meet people from all over the world, from a lot of different backgrounds. And I also had a chance to study in China. Mm -hmm. um, I did an international study in China. And that helps me understand different cultures and different business model, right? So that's one good thing I got out of it. Besides that, it was a big debt <laughs> that I had to pay back, right? And I'm still paying back. I'm not fully done yet. Um, but, you know, that 
that's and then the contacts mm -hmm. uh, i met I, I met a lot of people but honestly two or three key people i met in there have been amazing friends amazing contacts um that kind of helped me expose myself to more gotcha. so that's what i got the mba program mm -hmm. really is the exposure to different culture and then those contacts I got but you. everything i've learned honestly i've not used any of them um i think if you're in a program like you are congrats because you know we both may have different goal at the time but i think if you're able to build the right relationship mm -hmm. all right now how do i capitalize on the mba now um when i first started a business that was a big thing for me right when i started the business that i have now i started it after i graduated and i graduated in may i started the business in august okay right so when I started the business where we solely focused on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, at that time, the way I was sharing it was, hey, I'm this guy, I have an MBA, I know business, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it helps validate mm -hmm. me. And it helps in a way because there were certain people in certain um, age group that did business with me and that took me seriously because they saw those three letters, mm -hmm. right? So it wasn't, I guess, a hundred percent not worth it for me that was you know when they saw those three letters they're like oh okay maybe he knows what he's talking about yeah. you know this young kid that's not even 30 yet <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah and uh, that also got me into some of the rooms and <clears throat> some of those enterprise clients um that helps in a way because mm -hmm. of those three letters they're like well he must know something yeah and once they actually got to know me and see how I can help them and add value, then it made more sense. Mm -hmm. I like how you depicted depicted that. Um, and I realized in this moment, like as as, as millennials, yeah. um, we might not value yeah. the degree so much. Yeah. But I'm hearing in execution what it did was allow you to bridge the gap between your age and the people who are seasoned and they have yeah. the money to spend on your knowledge. Exactly. And if for nothing else, um, I think for for millennials, if we don't feel like tied to the mission or the value or the impact is there, we quit or yeah. we like quit is the worst thing that you could do, right? <laughs> but I think in hearing what you're saying, the the motivation is that it's going to be a, a gap bridger, absolutely, right, to get you where you want to go. Because if yeah. you don't, yeah, you could try to make make it with the information and the confidence that you yeah. have, right, um, to still get those relationships, but. It bridges the gap between people it, who are still... It, yeah, that you got to think about it. There's a lot of different buyers. Depends on what you do, mm -hmm. right? So if you're in an e-com space where your face is not needed, where your personal brand is not needed, um, where you can build a business based on your overall brand, you'll be fine. You mm -hmm. don't necessarily need that because it's a product you're selling. But if you're selling a service where it's your expertise, you're being seen as a consultant, you know, for someone that has a company doing $80 million a year to listen to you, who is that 25, 26, 27 year old kid that doesn't really have a big track record, you got to have something that really stand out. Yeah. In addition to your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's what you had. That's that was the blessing. I think that's the good part. To, so you mentioned starting the business in August when you when you graduated. Yeah. What happened between that first client? Who pays you $500 yeah. to like start so your second I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the details. So that first client that paid me 500 it was 500 month one, 500 month two, 500 month three. Then I helped them get 50 customers, and it was too much for them to handle. 
So they had to hire internally and then they end up hiring somebody as well to help with marketing. Mm. So then my service were no longer needed. <laughs> Got you. Which to me was fine because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, I helped her get to that level. So I was happy. My goal is not really to keep the client for life. It's more of let me get them to the next step where they need to be. Okay, now I'm curious, how does your wife play a part in your vision like making? So we, we have a couple things. Um, one part is, and I told her, like, she's, she's so sweet and so amazing. Um, not a lot of women can deal with me because I'm like super type A. I say what's on my mind. I'm, you know, I'm focused. Uh, I'm not gonna BS anybody. I'm gonna tell you what it is and how it is. So I did that when I first met her. And I tell her, hey, listen, I'm starting this business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm probably not gonna be home 90% of the time. I'm gonna be around attractive women. Is that something you can deal with? <laughs> so, <laughs> but she was supportive even before you said she was supportive as your girlfriend. Yeah. So you told her that you told her that part of your vision when I first started dating her. Got it. And she started being she was supportive from the jump. Exactly. Mm. Because I was very upfront with her. I wasn't like that with some of my past relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just closed off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, throughout the years, I've learned I need to be more open. I need to be more communicative. So I'm like, let me just stay what it is up front and what I'm looking for and what's happening. Yeah. And then we went from there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now as you build a vision for your business. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you guys are building a business. Vision, business yeah, we vision have more than one business. Together? Right? We actually have a business together. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you guys yeah. are planning both family and business moves together. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I think that's one thing for us that's helping us stay together mm -hmm. is it has to me, well, to me personally, it has to be more than just their relationship, right? If we weren't building something together, I think it would be hard to have that connection sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, I'm very entrepreneurial, right? So I'm always trying to find ways. Oh, we can make money with this, can make money with that. Mm. And being able to go to her with an idea and we said, let's build this together. And she's agreeing to it. And, you know, we building that business together. That That is exciting to me, right? It, it's, it's, it goes beyond just that emotional relationship, mm. that love and so forth. It's more like, how can we build something yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And that because that energy is like as an individual, we automatically have that in that energy to put into our business. That's our. our yeah, baby that's our baby. Time. That's yeah. what we want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to build that with another person, if that direct connection isn't always there. Right. Because we're not like having those romantic conversations. Yeah. Then we can both channel our energy into that thing. Exactly. That we're building. That's like, normal. honestly, we needed to do that for us to still stay together. That's dope. Because, um, you know, we, we had, like any relationship, there's up and down and stuff. We mm -hmm. had those, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I'm sure there, there there's always challenges and so forth. But in my opinion, if we didn't start something together and decided, hey, let's build something together. And her having that open mind and willing to to do that while she still work her job and feel comfortable and said, okay, I'm going to build something with my husband. Mm -hmm. We probably wouldn't be together. That's real. Because it, it, you know, now to me, we're able to spend that quality time. We're able to have those conversations and that get her a peek into my world and also another peek into her world. And what would happen sometimes in the past with other relationships would be in two separate worlds. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
like yeah we're together but we sometimes into a separate world and sometimes that is very challenging mm. because certain things i'm thinking i can't express it to you because you may not see my perspective perspective on it yeah so that's big that's huge yeah man i think we just got some relationship advice and didn't even we just stumbled <laughs> upon a relationship it's, gym you know it's 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 a it's a growth process um I don't know everything. Um, I'm learning as I go. I'm, you know, becoming better every day. I'm learning from you. I'm learning from everybody else. I'm always hungry to learn. Like I was coming here, I'm listening to a book while I'm coming here and I'm about to take a flight later on. I'm gonna be listening to another book. My whole thing is how can I always keep learning and growing and better myself, better my business, better people around me and change people's lives. Yeah, I, I swear I could ask you questions all day. <laughs> you are pouring so much information out there and I wish we could keep you forever, <laughs> but I'm not gonna, and you have to catch a flight yes. later on, so I am being mindful of your time. Thank you. I will think, I'm thinking about um, the person who's currently like in their nine to five, they're still yeah. in that traditional path. And while you spent some time in the traditional path and been out and then went back in, you kind of know of something to like live outside of the tradition. Absolutely. Right. So what would you say to that person who can't see it yet? Exposure. So if you, if one of your goals is, Hey, I want to get out that nine to five, you know, find someone who's doing something that you want to do. It doesn't necessarily have to be a mentor. You can't, you know, you don't have to go to him. Do you want to be my mentor? And just be exposed around that person or those people. Um, something that really helped me a lot. I did it a couple years ago. I changed who I was seeing in my Instagram feed, right? Like I'm on LinkedIn where I see old business and LinkedIn is not sexy, but Instagram, a lot of people on there. So I changed who I was seeing on my Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be surrounded by entrepreneurs. So I start meeting one, I see them on a live with someone else. I got connect with that person, I see them. So when they're tagged other entrepreneurs, I start following them just so I can see what kind of content that they have. Cause I wanted to have that positive mindset and feedback, right? And that has helped me a whole lot. And I mm -hmm. still do it to these days. Mm -hmm. So think about what are you putting and what you're exposing yourself to, not just the person and their experience, but also your social media. You know, that's huge. Like, yeah. I know we all love entertainment. That's great. But also, what you feed into is what feed into you. So think about that and do an audit of who you're connected with on all your different social platforms. What are they talking about? What are they posting? Is it stuff that can help you or is it stuff that just negative? Think about that. You know, yeah, entertainment is great, but also think about having a good balance between entertainment and having the right people pouring into you. Like literally I've learned so much from like David and all these other guys, um, Neo especially. Neo is mind blowing to me, um, but they're always pouring. So I'm learning from them and then anything I can do to share that knowledge with someone else, I'm able to do that as well. Yeah. So think about, just start there. Find somebody that's doing what you want to do Right. If it's entrepreneurship, what kind of business that they're running, understand them, look at their social, start following them. Don't even reach out to them yet. Just absorb some of their content and then slowly start building the relationship that's getting you to more exposure to them. So you can understand their business model, understand what they're doing 
and now you can have more clarity on your vision. Yeah. Then you can reverse engineer it and execute. That's fire. That is fire. Thank you. I couldn't have put it any better than that. Thank you so <laughs> much for joining me on the Work and Play Absolutely. podcast. Oh, when I tell you I could ask him questions all day, I probably could, but we're not going to. So if there is someone out there who's watching or listening to your journey, mm -hmm. they want to get connected either for your services, because yes. you, you really have a good way of explaining the LinkedIn side of things, Thank or you. just stay connected to your, your life and, and see how you flourish. How can they get connected with you? Um, work with so you? for uh, the LinkedIn piece, connect with me on LinkedIn, Gilbert Abraham, you'll find me on there. Um, for our program, we have a special, uh, if they'll go to abrahamglobal.com forward slash fire. We have uh, discounted um, for any of your audiences Wonderful. where they can learn how to leverage LinkedIn. If they want to pursue and have their own LinkedIn business, I didn't even get into that. Like you can literally have 10, 15 different streams of income just from LinkedIn alone that's generating six figure each. People don't know that, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just reach out to me. I'll, I'll give you the play. It's I'll give you the play on what to do. Uh, but if you want to stay in my personal life, um, Instagram is a good place to find me. I talk a lot about LinkedIn, but my stories, I'm getting more open. I was suggested I need to share more of my stories on what's going on in my life. So I'm slowly getting there. But yeah, Instagram, LinkedIn is good. This is a good glimpse. We get the we get we get the first glimpse because I would agree. I was on there. I was like, you know, I cannot. I got so many questions because you don't put a lot out there. I do. Um, <laughs> tell me one more time. What's the um for the discount uh, for AbrahamGlobal.com forward slash fire f i r e. Love it. You guys know what to do. Until next time, I just want you guys to go be great. Enjoy your days. Until next week. Peace out. Later. Mm -hmm.